I know that you've all been prepared for this, but I thought I'd just remind you just the same. Can you handle that? Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Noel John Tui. We got Carmack in the back. This is Invasion of the Poly Snatchers. Let's get to it, motherfuckers. All right, Noel, we're back, and this time we're fucking selling some candy. We're the candy men. We're yeah. the candy man. We're the candy whatever the fuck, because I part this reboot goes insane. Right? So first of all, no, we're going to talk a little bit about the original. And then we're going to talk about uh, this year's follow-up, the reboot, the, the reawakening of the Candyman or whatever yeah. the fuck you want to call it. I say it. reawakening because it seems to pay homage to the first one. Yeah. So it's not like a complete and total rehash or something like that. Kind of like the way Halloween are doing. Kind it, of. You know yeah. what it is, yeah. Yeah. A reboot, but like it's lazy. So we're just going to forget the other two it movies. It is lazy. I mean, this is what they do. They brought, you know, they brought back 70-something-year-old Schwarzenegger. And they brought back Linda Hamilton. <laughs> it's, it's what they do. Like, you yeah, know, it, shit. They, they, it's this getting is, too lazy now. It's getting it? too lazy. It's yeah. such a cop out, though. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, my God. I, I like it. That was, that's the first thing I suppose I'd like to talk about. I enjoyed the first film so much more than the second film. Yeah. I thought the structure of, I thought was better. I thought it was easy to follow. I thought it didn't disappear up its own arse at any point. Yeah. I thought even just like the allegory of like racism, classism, gentrification, I thought it was smoothly inside the story and not like. Because I don't know, like mashed it, in or something. Like we spoke about gore. There's a difference having gore being an element of your story and having gore being your story. Yes. I mean, Candyman, the original from 1991, or sorry, 92, Two, yeah. was the, it encapsulated all those things you talk about, racial, uh, the racial elements of, like, you know, uh, uh, Cabrini Green and the gentrification of the neighborhood or the problems with the projects near the 90s American yeah. incorporated all those things. But it didn't just, like, slam them in your yeah. face. And the problem with Candyman and the new one from 2021 um, by Nia Costa. A lot of stories nowadays is they don't know how to incorporate things yes. without making it their story. Yes. And that's the problem. That's with, a really good way of putting it. You know what I mean? No, like, you know, and that's the problem because uh, elements of your story can be many things. But to make one element your story just makes your story bland and it cuts away so much of your audience. Yeah. And that's the problem that the new Candyman faced because a lot of people saw it as a racist movie. In a lot of ways it was. It was very racist against white people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, And I'm not just saying that because I'm a white dude. It's the truth. Like, you know, and... When you make a movie that clearly alienates 50% or 30% or whatever your audience is, you're not going to have a wide success. And I think you can incorporate elements of uh, racial tension or racial issues nowadays in America. You can incorporate that into your story, but make um, without alienating people, but making it a, a sole purpose of your story in a lot of ways, when they expect something completely different, yeah. just alienates a large portion I, of your audience. A large, in that, in that remake, I taught personally that. A lot of times, like you said, the narrative, the story wasn't about Candyman, mm-hmm. and like, and I think it's, I think everyone, I think you should have your say, and everyone should have your say. And I love art, like artistic intent, but yeah. also like you're also there to watch a horror movie. Yeah, just watch a horror movie yeah. and have at the end go. That was a great horror movie, and if you can do a lot more inside of that, yeah, that's great. You're uh, supposed to be able to say this was a great horror movie that served as an allegory for such and such. Yeah, well, that's what the first yeah. film was. Exactly, yeah. first film made you feel for the projects. And and how people had just moved in and they were forgotten about, you yeah. know, uh, gangs had taken over and there was the the, the woman um, who said, "Look, we're not we're not all like those ass- assholes downstairs." Yeah. Oh, um, Anthony's mother. Yeah, Anthony's mother. Like, yeah. yeah. 
Um, she goes, we're not all like those assholes downstairs. And, you know, you it, 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 it it felt sorry for the characters, but at the same time, it was only ever like 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes away that somebody was going to Anne-Marie McCoy. Anne-Marie McCoy. That's why I got the McCoy from earlier before I started recording. That's what it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 you felt for them. But at the same time, the story was always about Candyman. It came back to it, and I, I just loved that. It just felt like a horror movie. And I when think... you stop to think about it, you realise that it was layered. Yeah. But when I went to the back one, it felt like... It like they they made a, f- a film about like sis- today's society, yeah. racial tensions, uh, racism, and then you were like, and they just threw a Candyman killer too into yeah. it. I, I think the big difference is that part one told a political story, but used Candy uh, like it, it was pretty much it was kind of like they used the, the guise of Candyman to tell a story about racial tension. Uh, uh, ostr- uh, being ostracized from society, um, uh, poverty, all these things that have suffered the people in the lowest rung of society for generations. Quite often, people right. of color. Yeah, you know, especially in America. Yeah, like yeah, like disproportionately yeah. people of color. But when people say people of color, but everybody of every color is poor around the world, and that makes no sense to me. In yeah. that neighborhood, it disproportionately impacted people of color in that neighborhood because there's poor white people there's poor chinese people there's poor japanese there's poor people of every color so i don't want to say that it's dispro- poor people disproportionate people of color there's poor not poor people. people in monaco you know they yeah. just won't have it yeah but you know what i mean i'm just saying that like every part of the world is di- uh, different colors of people that are poor yeah. right it's not just one sect of people but in this neighborhood it disproportionately the poor people or people of black, uh, black descent or african descent or whatever you want to say um it's very hard to say something politically correct when you're mentioning someone's race nowadays but I think what the original did that was different than the reboot is the original used the guise of a horror movie to tell a political movie, uh, to tell a story about race, uh, as I said, uh, society being ostracized, society in poverty, right, through the guise. But what the reboot did was it told a it made a political statement or tried to make a political statement disguised as a Candyman movie, yeah. not through the guise of a Candyman movie. About halfway through, totally I did find. Things. You know, I, I watched it. I came out of it. I who did I go to see it with? Did I go see it with you? Yeah, me yeah, and Lorraine. We, we went to it together. Mm. And I remember, you know, Lorraine asked me, you asked me, we asked each other, how would you feel about that? And I remember just saying, you know what, I need to sleep on it because I don't like to rush to judgment. But I did definitely feel like halfway through that film when we were actually in the theater watching it, I was like, what is this about? Yeah, it was like, where, where's the Candyman? Yeah, you know what I mean. And even the line, the part where I noticed today is like, do you remember? Um, uh, the main uh, what's the main girl uh, his love interest sorry played by Tiona Paris Brianna Carey her brother <coughs> excuse me uh, uh, Troy uh, the gay dude yeah. and he was saying goes um, oh should we summon Candyman and she was like who who would do that and then it, it instantly goes to a high school and this part made no sense to me it doesn't fit in the rest of the movie whatsoever it's just a way of it saying, needed a kill it's just a way of no, saying but you know what I mean it needed a kill who would call Candyman dumb white people that's literally what that scene is she, her saying, who would call, who the hell would call Candyman and Nia Costa through the gut, which is actually Jordan Peele, you know, who I consider to be one of the most racist directors out there at the moment. But like, it literally, it's him saying, dumb white people. That's who would call Candyman. Dumb white girls. You know this, what I mean? Like This is some white people shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it makes no yeah. sense to me. Like, like, the whole point of the first movie was, you don't go into a place that you don't belong and you start rousing up things that you don't understand. That's kind of what the first one was, you know what I mean? Like, and this one is just kind of like it just kept force feeding different um, agendas down your throat, where it kind of forgot about the mythology in a lot of ways, and it just kept trolling in every now and again. Here's a bit of Candyman. Here's a bit of Candyman. And then it was like political agenda 
throwing down your throat. And that's, yeah, I, I thought that when the when, when I thought would seem representation because people want to see themselves represented. And I thought, you know, um, you know, the black superheroes, uh, Shang Chi was, you know, there was an Asian man to be put twenty years ago. He would have been a white guy, yeah. might have been Matt Damon or something. Yeah, and, he's never and, and I, I always thought by anything that so, that, that so intentionally yeah. says like, no, under no circumstances am I having somebody white. Yeah. Or am I having somebody, you know, the film that like if that if you said I'm never doing it, that then that's bullshit. Yeah. So you know, I was like fully supportive of 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 all of these films that come out lately. This Jordan is the Peele. Only, yeah, but Jordan Peele kind of crossed a line a little bit with me and pissed me off. Yeah, when he like, said don't do that. Much. Like, don't, yeah, he said yeah. I'm not gonna get a white person because I've seen that movie and I kind of get it. I get it. Like, ha- and you should have a moment. Yeah. Where people, where where directors and actors of color are finally getting the representation that disproportionately did not have. Mm. But don't ever say that you're intentionally going to ostracize anyone ever yeah, because you should be hired on the merits yeah. of your abilities and yeah. not by the color of your skin. And that was it. Which is the very same even, thing he's asked. And for, it was just like, it, you know it got mean? too far because even. When when, when Get Out, I thought like again, if we were going to say when I watched Get Out, I thought like the 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 narrative and the horror film were one. It was a smooth film, yeah, and it made sense as and a story, it made sense as a story, and yeah. it made you think. And it's a great movie, and it's a great movie, yeah. and it was thought provoking. And he got lost in himself, and he got lost in himself, yeah. yeah. And I thought it was I thought it was a great movie, and it was it said so much, yeah. And it, it and even taught you, and you kind of went, wow. What an excellent artistic endeavor from a man that I just knew to be a comedian. Yeah, you know he was the uh, and he started a renaissance of comedians entering into the horror. Genre. Yeah, like you know, and it's, and he was good at it. And yeah. then there was us, yeah. which wasn't as good as it's Get Out. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, to say what is a terrible movie? The I, 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 terrible. I, I actually, this is probably a bigger. Every white character in it is completely monotone. Yeah, he does this all, all the time. What is like? You can't say that you want to fight against racism on one hand and in the other hand be racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? That makes no sense to me. I just thought also, I, I had I literally felt nothing, and that's yeah. probably a bigger. Yeah, like you I know, thought, like I, I I was watching it kind of going. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. Like I mean, first and foremost, you have to understand that a movie should be have one shallow endeavor at the very start of it, yeah. and that is be entertaining. Yeah. Like, like throw everything you want into and get that. out is amazingly yeah. entertaining. Get out is amazingly entertaining. Just but it needs to be entertaining, and then you want to say, "What if we did? Oh, what a great character development!" And then you can kind of start telling interweaving stories, and then it can become Game of Thrones, the first seven seasons, the only ones that exist, or it can become anything you want. It can expand the Matrix and all of these films to try to try to expand and expand, and it can be done. But first and fucking foremost, make sense and be entertaining. Yeah, exactly. And this the the follow up film failed. That in spectacular yeah, fashion to yeah, me, I, and, I, and yeah. it annoyed me more when I went back and watched Candy. But went, this is fucking cool. Yeah. This is my kind of jam. This yeah. is my kind of horror movie. It, it shows you though straight away when you watch like a movie from 1992 and watch its reboot version or whatever back to back, and it shows you how much better horror was from back then than it is now. Yes, and I think the reason, in my opinion, I know Jordan Peele didn't direct this, and I won't like keep harping on about Jordan Peele because Neil DeCosta directed it. He only co-wrote and produced it, but um, it's clear to see. His message, his agenda is all over this. His fingerprints is all over the story, like you know. But I think the difference is when you look at Get Out, he wrote a horror story, he made a horror movie with a uh, political undertone. Yeah. Now he makes political movies with horror undertones. Yeah. You know what I mean, though. Like, and that's why I, 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 I agree. On that, on that, I agree with you one hundred percent. Because yeah. then, then your man's descent. I know when he's he's descent into, I guess, essentially becoming the Candyman, like the Candyman ascending, the Candyman coming back, whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I I found myself not really caring because I, 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 I didn't... It was like when I watched, uh, what was the, the Alien prequel, uh, the first one? Prometheus. Prometheus. Yeah. It was like when I watched that, eventually I was just, what? What? 
actually going on? Yeah. Where's the xenomorphs? Yeah, where's the xenomorphs? What's yeah. like, where is this headed? And I, all of a sudden, I felt like just that disengaged. Yeah, and this is what brings me back to that flat point just be entertaining. Mm. Just make, I'll, 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 I'll literally, like if I was at give, home, give I would have. Give me Candyman. Yeah, give me Candyman. Where's, where's yeah. Tony Todd? Yeah. Last shot of the movie. Last shot Are of the movie. Are you fucking kidding me? De-aged CGI you know, Tony Todd. Are you fucking kidding me? Tony Todd looks great now. Why can't we just use Tony Todd? Yeah. Who's this other dude? I've actually seen him. He's aged really, really, really well. Exactly. Makeup. Yeah. He's good to go. He's Candyman been rich is... for most of his life, probably. Of course, he's aged really well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I was like that. Oh, that actor. Uh, yeah, who was being rich since she was nineteen. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure stress... she eats well or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah, sure yeah. stress lines uh, don't even know where her face are. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? like, but he did. I would love to have Tony. And Tony Todd is a great. Be my. I forgot how much I love the be my victim line. Yeah. Be my victim. Yeah. And, you know, and then then he starts framing her for murders and stuff. I just thought it was. First film was just such a good. What, what did he say? It was like, well, the stories weren't enough. You don't believe in me or something. Yeah, like do that. you believe in me? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh shit! Like yeah. that presence. This the second movie is no presence. Yeah. Like, and that, that's not. Um, sorry, I'm gonna take. That was it because I think. And that's not. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Abdul Mateen the seconds. That's not his. That's uh, that's not his. I hope I got his name right. Um, that's not his fault. He's actually very good. Actor. He's a very he's very good in the film. Yeah. But like I and he, and he was very good in the film. Like yeah. he did actually have presence. Yeah. But it doesn't matter who you're. Fucker to really muscly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. You know I mean? So he's physically he, present. So if, if 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 he turns from a quite sweet, artistic, yeah, kind of man and then starts turning dark, it's it's a scary transition. It takes but... him a very long time to get that arm checked out. Yeah. <laughs> very long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm like. Dude, do you know what a dermatologist is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? a greenologist yeah, is. Like, you I mean, need one. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, like fucking hell. <laughs> Sorry, like. Is this normal? I'm just finding this metal bar in my arm, <laughs> and the flesh has rotted away. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like, I'd like, give it two weeks. Yeah, I give it two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 the first film, I thought Jake, the the kid, was a great character. Yeah, you know, he was this sweet little kid who was caught up in. A very kind of like he was he was the victim of the way society had turned and stood on the poor people and it was just this kind of homeless kid but he still had a heart of gold yeah. he was and again he ended up caring about people i thought helen was a great character in the first yeah. one it's like she was trying to smoke every cigarette in the world i mm. loved it i loved every time they did a close-up to give her shadow face where her eyes were just like popping out you know, like, uh, like, it's literally a, a bottom half of her face was shadow, top half of her face was shadow, and her eyes were just there. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. The cigarette was in her hand, and the smoke just wafting up towards her face and shit. Like, every single close up was like that with her, though. Like, yeah. And in the music, dee, 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 you know what I mean? Like, it still had that. It was still like, obviously, the early 80s still had a bit of a hangover, or the early 90s had a bit of a hangover from the 80s in the mm. best way possible. And that's you could tell it was trying to age out of it and become a, a new kind of era of film, but it still had some of that stuff that made the 80s horror the great. great. The real nasty, like you know. Yeah, I mean? and, and body horror as well. But again, not for the sake of it, but when Candy, when she sees in, under Candyman's jacket and sees it, it's just essentially a beehive yeah. underneath a rib cage. Oh god, that's still a great shot. Yeah, and Her, he yeah. and Tony Todd got twenty three thousand for that scene because he got one thousand dollars. They said like we want to use real bees, and he goes, "I want one thousand dollars for every time I get stung," and he ended up with twenty three thousand dollars. Wow. So hopefully she did the same deal because they're all over her face. Yeah, God, Tony was... Todd's got better aging, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was he was brilliant in it. Um, I, and again, I, I I always love like a supernatural horror where you are being hunted by it. It doesn't matter where if you're asleep, if mm. you're in in a in a cell with Very a camera like on you. Yeah, if they had that Freddy, mm. it follows. You know, the list goes on and on because it it's it knows where you are. Like a it's a yeah, it's attached to you. 
it yeah. knows where you are. It's not an issue of distance and it's not an issue of putting four walls around you and barricading yourself in. Yeah. It's not. It knows where you are and it can get to you. Yeah, and he proves that. He just shows up randomly at the hospital. When he's floating over her in the bed. Do you remember in the police department where he shows up first? And then the, is it the police department where she's in the underground car park? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He can show up anywhere he wants. It's Absolutely. Not like he's he's connected to, to you. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. not just attached to Cabrini Green. Like, you know and I mean? I, I, the first one just had that horrible sense of impending doom. Yeah. The second one, I, I think I got it, it got caught, caught up in all its side stories about his relationship and his relationship and, to the artist. To, the art world. One thing I did like about it though, and I'll, I'll praise Jordan Peele and I'll pay, praise Nia Costa for this, is when they mentioned gentrification, that the, her boyfriend, her brother's boyfriend mentions like what your guys are doing now. You know what I mean? Like, and I thought that was a fair criticism. And it's probably one of the only fair criticisms he makes at times in the movie because he's a bit, a bit heavy handed. Sorry, Nia Costa makes that she's a bit heavy, heavy handed, I think, with her, with her messaging. Like, I thought that was kind of clever, like, you know what I mean? It's like, don't, it's kind of like saying that is you shouldn't criticize people for something that you're kind of doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I thought that was clever storytelling, yeah. which is film lacks a bit at times, like the reboot, like, yeah. not, you know what I mean? Like, I thought, like, I mean, I liked, uh, I can't think, uh, the only scene, I thought the, the deaths in the um, showroom after the kind of the first exhibition that your man does, it's kind of a flop. And you're one with the Joy Division T-shirt, and she's going to have sex with the, I guess the, the art director, and uh, the I thought that was yeah, the curator exactly. Mm. I thought that was fun. I thought that's what a horror film should be like. Yeah. This kind of like, you get this is where you get your slasher kind of. And like, he's like must go faster. And he's yeah, like yeah. One he's and strapped, like, yeah, yeah, and, and she, she I, I like she her trunk. It's first off, neither film seems to know how hooks work. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, hook yeah. stab and then would tear. Just see, like yeah. decapitated a dog. Yeah, and fucking shit like, like that. He can't saw with a hook. He can't saw with a hook, like, man. That, like, like you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. it's like how does she kill off that dog's head? Like, yeah, you know you're like, thinking like, of a very big knife. Yeah, you're like, thinking of a machete. It seems like, to have I machete. Like about rules. an hour's work. Yeah, like you know what I mean? To cut off a Rottweiler's head, first of all, you have to kill the Rottweiler. Yeah. That's going into at least 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, Especially if you just brought a hook. Yeah. You'd be like, look, I have a chest of bees. Doug's like, I, I actually have no comprehension yeah. what's going on. Doug's like, I'm a Rottweiler. I'm yeah. fuck you up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you not know what the Nazis used me for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, uh, but yeah, she, she gets her throat slit and he's like, are, are you being serious right now? Or something like that. Yeah. I thought that was fucking funny. And then, you know, like just the Candyman kind of been seen in the mirror, but not being seen in the yeah. real. And I thought, and it's yes. It's not really the Candyman. It's their bullshit version of a candy man yeah exactly but i thought all right this is this is what I, I i want you need scenes like this first and foremost entertain me yeah exactly and that scene was entertaining and then i just found it what got back to the studio apartment and the struggling artist uh, and the upwardly mobile uh wife rihanna or girlfriend girlfriend i think yeah she's girlfriend yeah, yeah. And he's she, living in her her apartment she's uh like she works and he's yeah yeah he's he's the struggling artist and yeah. she's the, the woman who's going places um and and then i just i didn't care yeah that's the problem though like you don't care about these like uh characters in these movies if you yeah. feel like you're being uh, shoved an agenda down your throat and that's yeah, the thing. i think maybe that's what it was because you know i just found like, that because i found the, i cared about absolutely everyone in the first one yeah and even just the, the, the story of how 
something like a Candyman could happen. Not that it could happen, you know, but just like how somebody who wasn't a bad man can become so twisted yeah. by just what by, he, rage. Uh, by rage and yeah. by vengeance injustice. and by injustice. Mm. And it just gives birth to this. And he's almost like a mirror of what happened to him. Yeah. Um, I thought that that's cool. It's right. twisted. And it's not shut down your throat with any, yeah. any sort of political message. It was just there. Yeah, exactly. And it was historically accurate and correct. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? And like, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, that's what I like. That's what I liked about it. Because they're like, look at how times war and we're going to encapsulate the, the the story of the African American in an interrelation interracial relationship back then by using one man as an example of how it often happened how it often yeah. went for people of color back then when if they if they fucking dared like you know what I mean fall in love you know what I mean like, they yeah. fell in love with someone that was white oh oh my god such a crime like people need to get over like back in the day like fucking hell like and um like and you could be and he could and oh 100 that's what i'm saying like that's that's what I, I what i loved about the first one is they encapsulated many stories that happened when people tried to have inter uh, racial relationships for a long time in america a long time around the world and they encapsulated the torture and the torment and the injustice of all their stories through uh the guise of the candy man's mythos mm. and that's clever storytelling that's clever storytelling you know, yeah none of that's in the reboot yeah none of that clever storytelling they just try to shove things down your neck not subtly you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, give me a little taste of that cake. Don't give me four slices at once. Just yeah. spoon feed it to me. Sometimes you got to spoon feed it to people and be subtle about it. And then at the end, the message should resonate afterward, not during the movie. If you're thinking about the message during the movie, you're distracted from the storyline of the movie. And yeah. afterwards, you should concentrate on the storyline of the movie and afterwards the message should resonate with you if it's done correctly yeah but if you feel like stuff has been shoved down your throat the whole way through it it's like you said after all i just didn't care yeah and that's what it is because you're like i'm not here for a political sem seminar i'm here yeah. for to see candy man cut up dumb people that say their name five times in the face in the mirror yeah it doesn't matter if they're black or white or if they're asian or they're fucking mandarin who cares yeah it doesn't matter what candy man linger. exactly exactly that's you know, what it was summoned like, you know it, yeah it's, it's about the legend of candy man it's not about the people that are summoning him and stop trying to fucking paint this picture that the world has to be racially divided and all these things have to be put into movies. Yeah. Because it doesn't, there's a forum for this kind of thing. And you can do it subtly and have that message resonate afterwards, like the original Candyman does. Because when you watch it more and more and more, you see the different little Easter eggs that they put into it in the way to tell their story. It's very cleverly done, you know? But the second one, sorry, not the second one, the reboot, it's just like, look at this and they sit back and try to admire their work. They're like, oh, look what I'm doing. Look at the yeah. message I'm putting out into the world. And they sit back and admire it. And admire the message. And the story Shouldn't suffers be. constantly for it. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, here's a 10-minute lull. Why well, need Acosta and Jordan, Jordan Peele yeah. and sit back and admire the work. And who's the, sorry, who's the third writer? Um, uh, Wynn Rosenfield. And they just sit back and admire the work. And the story suffers constantly for it. Just like, here's our message. Look, are we great? Political activism. In the and in, in, I'm in, like, where's my kills? Where's yeah. my beats? Yeah. You got 90 minutes. Tell me your fucking slasher story. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, first and foremost, be that. Because in the first one, there was the, the Helen and Trevor. And uh, Trevor was clearly like having sex with one of his students. Basically, 100%. 100%. But they didn't, yeah. they never had to bog down and get into the language of that. We knew it was he was said, a slime bag. It was, we knew he was a slime bag and it was told with glances. Yeah. And it was just told with like him being distant or or when she gets him, arrested, him. he she called and yeah. he wasn't there. Mm. And that tells you so much. And I and that's and that saves time because yeah. I, I knew what was going on with her in her personal life and and it was all about the candy man. Yeah, exactly. And, was, and, and that's clever. Because that can, the personal life's over here because it's not the central focus yeah. of the story. 
Penny Man is. Yes. Her relationship, her suffering, her uh, descent into madness or her descent into yeah. infamy, notoriety or whatever you want to call it. That's the central focus. And it keeps it, it goes every now and again, Xander Berkeley, come over here. We want to show what's going on in her personal life. Now, Xander Berkeley, fuck off now, please. Yeah. Candy man, come back. Death, murder, death, murder, myth, yeah. mythology. Xander Berkeley, come back. And then every now and again, if there's a lull in the story, they tell a different story. Whereas in this is, they told her story, go, oh, look how clever we are. Step back from it. Forgot to tell the Candyman story. Yeah. 10, 15 minutes later, they step back into it and go, oh, we're going to kill five people randomly thought, in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what I mean? And like, even kind of kill them from the perspective of a girl that's in the toilet stall. Yeah. Um, sometimes actually that's done really well. I just didn't think that this is one of those times, you yeah. know, where... Show me some gore. Yeah, show me some gore. But I thought, like, the Anthony and Brianna's relationship, like, falling apart, I thought was just fucking tortured. So draggy. So draggy. Like. like, you could tell that story in 15 minutes less screen time. You could tell that, but the thing is, again... Tell with phone with, calls. With, glan- with, yeah, with phone calls, with interactions, with... Like, text messages. Text messages or something like that. You can tell it, you can literally just have it, you know, nuanced. And you can have it done, with, again, with glances. Him literally. painting, gets a text message. The text message comes up on the screen for the audience to Yeah, read. yeah, yeah. Him go and respond, or he just ignores. He, or uh, even that, even if he just looks at it, and he goes to respond, it. and then... He actually just ignores it, but in his pocket. Or, or he looked there. at his hand and starts picking at it or something. Yeah, and, and that creates distance. Out. Yeah. But I thought it was fucking torture. She moved in with her. She moved back in with her brother. And he's like, if he comes around here, I'm going to kick his ass. Yeah. And you're like, I'm like, this is candy, man. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to kick his ass. like, dude, you're going to lose that fight. You are going to lose that fight. Have you seen the size of Anthony? His, his pecs are like three feet thick. Yeah, You exactly, know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's going to kick the fuck out of he's you, gonna fuck, Yeah, he's probably more dangerous than Candyman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably, you're going to have to summon Candyman. This dude lives here. He's yeah, going to kick yeah. the fuck out of you. And again, I, I thought, I couldn't I couldn't actually critique um, Anthony. Sorry, what was his name? Um, yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen II. Um, and I, I think you have to look at the cheat sheet. Um, well, yeah, that is impressive. I couldn't critique him at all. I think he was put into a very blasé film. Yeah. Oh, he was really good in it. And he was really, really good in and it. And so was, uh, is it Tiona Paris? Uh, Tiona Paris. That played Brianna. Yeah, she's really good in it She's too. really, really good in it. I just thought it was a misuse of resources. It really did. fucking exactly. me. Like, and this was definitely what the, yeah. the, the actual story, because all, all they had to work with was a script. And yeah. they went in and did the absolute damnedest they could with it, and it, and it, and it showed. Yeah. But I just thought that the... The pacing was wrong. The, the violence wrong. Just the, it got the fundamental of horror wrong. Be scary. Be entertaining. Have some kills. Yeah, like a person. slasher movie needs slashing. Yeah, you know, like a, 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 whatever. It's kind of like you know in um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street when Freddy's not butchering people in dreams, the downtime is filled with Nancy trying to figure the fuck out yeah. what's going on. And that stress and, yeah. is maintained so and, perfectly. Yeah, exactly, like, you know what I mean? And it, Exactly, because you're using anxiety but in a different way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, so in this, as I said to you, it just stands back and admires his work too much. In the first one, anytime there was a lull, Xander Berkeley came in, personal story, mm. or was her finding out a bit more about Candyman and a bit more about Candyman. In this, the parts where he found out about Candyman were secondary to his relationship with um, what's her name Bridget is it Brianna <coughs> Brianna sorry and I was secondary to that like oh tell me a human story yeah but I don't want it I want it to be tertiary in a slasher movie especially I want that to be tertiary to especially if you're doing a reboot and you're trying to catch a new audience the two main things should be the resurgence of the main antagonist and the mythology behind the main antagonist because this if you're what you're going to end up covering same grounds as the first one because if you make an original movie the two main things there should be establishing the mythology and introducing your main antagonist 
So if you're going to reboot, which means the reason you reboot is to capture a new audience. So you have to cover some of the same ground. So your main two aspects of the movie should be establishing your central antagonist and uh, est- uh, and establishing your mythology. Yeah. And then the personal stories become tertiary. And that's how you do a 90 minute horror movie, yeah. right? But in this, it was like, well, let's establish that uh, Coleman Domingo, who's an amazing actor, who fear the walking dead. Let's throw him in every now and again, bit mythology, puppeteers, whatever. That's kind yeah, of cool, yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? They're like, and then, but and then for the next 15, 20 minutes, tortured artist. Really? Yeah. Really? Do I need to see tortured artist for 15 minutes? Give me five and a couple of missed phone calls. Yeah. 10 missed phone calls back to painting. That's all I need to Even see. Even like one of the, actually, it was a good kill, I have to say, with the art critic. Yeah, where you see from outside of the. Yeah, apartment. I thought that was actually a very cool kill. Yeah. The film. Where she's just going, going along the glass and being being murdered. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, and especially when there's just two films in over twenty, over nearly thirty years, twenty nine years. Yeah. Which in horror movie terms. No, there's two. There's two sequels to the original. Oh, there is two. Jeez, I forgot about that. <coughs> it's been so long since I watched them. Yeah, I've only seen the sequels once. I think. So when was the newest one? Um, I bar bar this. I'll which, check here now. I yeah. think it was mid nineties. Mid nineties. Yeah. God, it's been so long. Um. But I think when something goes, let's just say the point is that it goes so long without... Candyman 2 was 95. Yeah, and so that would be Candy three Man years 3 after. was probably 97, I'd say. Candyman 3 was 99. 99? Yeah, I didn't read it in so recent. Wow. Okay, so it was 20 years. That's like, definitely a franchise Friday sometimes. That's definitely a franchise Friday, yeah. But I don't know, I can't remember the second or third one. I'm not even sure if I've seen the third one, I'll be yeah. blunt about no, it. No, I think I've seen it once, but I didn't realize it was so recent. I think... I came to Candyman late enough, so I think originally I might watch the trilogy together. I remember like Candyman was such a cool thing because when I was a kid and really started getting into horror, I didn't want to look in the mirror and say Candyman five times. Yeah, no, I did. I'm a psychopath. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I might hear bloody mirror like, oh yeah, I'll fuck. Yeah, I'll meet this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you know, I mean, just talk, as something you know? to just, and that's the great thing about me, as yeah. in like you know. Uh, everyone gets religious when they get on a plane. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, oh yeah, shit, I'm a Christian, you know, or yeah. whatever, you know. Like suddenly yeah, you remember that. Ain't gonna catch you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know um, I mean, so like... I do. I think it was just like, oh no, I don't believe it. I'm fucking with it. <laughs> you yeah, know? Exactly. Like, yeah. And and Candyman had that sway over me. Yeah. Um. Even though it wasn't one of these franchises that I fell in love with as a kid that I watched over and over. Yeah. Like for Night- Nightmare on Elm Street, I watched it. It wasn't because it wasn't as successful. Yeah, actually, I think that was it because I had, a, like, I'm old enough to remember having a lot of these these films on VHS that yeah. I recorded Thanks off the TV. my late brother William, I've seen a lot of these. Recently. Really? Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I would record them and I would, you know, you'd skip through the ads then and you'd just go watch the movie. But you're right. That's a good point. The fact yeah. that it meant three times its money back. But it, it, um, yeah, but it's not... It's not but Halloween. It's not. not oh 13, my God! You know no. what I mean? Like it's not Nightmare on Elm Street. It's not Child's Play. Look at its contemporaries. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And it's just one of those things. Like when you live in a small market like Ireland, especially in the mid to late nineties, when we are fucking our uh, our variety or our choice. Our range of movies is very limited yeah. to like what we saw on TV. Good thing we like Die Hard. Yeah, you know what I mean? Jesus like, it's like we spoke about in Return of the Critics, you know yeah. what I mean? Shout with the bass and all them. But like, uh, and Eli, are you going to tell me a story, Eli? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I shout out to those boys. But we spoke about a bit on it, like why we like certain movies more than we like others is because we didn't have a wide variety of movies growing up. And if a movie yeah. wasn't uber successful, it didn't reach these small markets. And that's why I think a lot, like yeah. sometimes we come to a candy man a bit later. Yeah, I, I, I remember Halloween, Afraid of the 13th. And you know what I mean? These really famous horror franchises that became syndicated, that grew international fame, 
very quickly you know that kind of way like yeah i remember actually renting Candyman. i think from dyla video but you're right the range was yeah like i mean living in the year of netflix or something yeah and in the 90s most of the movies we got to see were from the 80s yes you know what i mean that's why we yeah. fell in love with movies from the 80s because yeah. we were so behind the curve that we were like watching movies that we thought were probably new or 10 years old well that's it and I, mean, I, like, I mean this newest Candyman is it was in the era where there's been such a resurgence of horror yeah and jordan peele's a big part of that would get out with get out oh, of course yeah. huge quiet place no denying no denying his accomplishments no denying his earlier ability of being a storyteller yeah oh no, i think i think he has a storyteller i think he just some of the he, comments he's made lately are just ridiculous and some and what and some of the movies he's made lately are just ridiculous and he's got lost in his own message in air quotes. Yeah. And that's the problem with him. Like, because when you make it out, he wasn't trying to be this uh, horror story slash political a- activist. And then people are like, oh, I love the way your message resonated with me. He goes, well, I guess my message resonated with you. I guess all my movies have to contain a message. They don't. They don't. Entertain no. me, motherfucker. Yeah. And you're not. I worry about it's secondary. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I, like, I, I do get it. Growing up, growing up and not seeing yourself represented, I do, I do get it. Um, I, at least I, as best as I can, but I, I, I think there's an overcorrection. Yeah. If you decide that this, this one, this one thing is what I do now. Yeah. I and, make uh, a, ra- racial horror movie. For yeah. Lack of a better term. Yeah. Racial horror movies. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's like. And I, and which is the thing. Like, I mean, Get Out. I, I have no complaints about because it was entertaining. It's as brilliant fuck. movie. The message was was excellently yeah. sewn in, and, and, and it was thought provoking. Sewn in. Yeah. Exactly. Sewn in. It's part of the fabric. Yeah. Not like a patch that's just slapped on top of it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That's the big difference, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. And then again, to go back to the shadow point, I just wanted to see. When I watched the first one, I was like, there it is. There's my kills. Yeah. There's my people getting thrown through walls and stuff yeah, like it's that. It's like, I want to be able to ask myself the question afterwards, how did he saw that Rottweiler head off? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had a hook. That's the thing yeah, everyone has to understand. His weapon of choice is a hook. Yeah. It's a devastating weapon. Yeah. It can do horrible things to of the course. human body. It's um, a me hook, pretty much. Yeah, it? it's yeah. a me hook. Yeah, and but it's not. It's not a cutting tool. It's not a sawing tool. Yeah, it's a hooking tool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you pull the rock while he was head off. That I would get. Yeah, but no. Maybe, even when yeah. even when uh, he shows up and he kills the I don't know a psychologist or something and he frees Helen from her straps and he just kind of goes and he just like. Perfectly cuts them off, and I was like, "That's a hook." <laughs> <laughs> How sharp is that? Yeah, like you pull, you could create like a fulcrum, you could create leverage. Yeah, it's a hook. Yeah. Stop slicing things. The thing like is, that. he has a free hand. He has a free open hand. The straps. Just open the straps. It would have been cool. I got you. Like, haha, I've got you now. Wait, I know. Sorry, I just wait. Just one second. Who made this buckle? <laughs> Windsor? Is this a Windsor? <laughs> anyway, be my victim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the sweet uh, caress of death and uh, one second fucking buckle uh, <laughs> it's really hard here I'm, I'm a disabled man give me yeah, a moment yeah. <laughs> I have one hand and my, <laughs> and my rib cage is B yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one could say mostly I'm in a BNA oh <laughs> <laughs> and I let know when we go to the break we're going to the break <laughs> alright folks this is Invasion of Potty Snatch see you after the break now we're from our sponsors Halloween, 
Yes, kids, you too can own one of the big Halloween three. That's right, three horrific masks to choose from. They're fun, they're frightening, and they glow in the dark. Welcome back from the break. This is Invasion of Poly Snatchers. So, Noel, all right, we left off. Um, uh, the first half, we were talking, breaking down Candyman 1, Candyman 2, sorry, not Candyman 2, the Candyman reboot. And we leaned on the differences in the style of storytelling, the subtleties in the story, in the way yeah. the story was. I think wherever you fall on this, there's there's, there's yeah. no doubt that one was subtle and one wasn't. Subtle. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's, like, if you, yeah. Even if you completely agree with the, the yeah. message, and I actually do agree with the messages of these films. Oh, if, I, if, I, if I was to fall on it, agree or don't that's agree, the I, that's the yeah. thing. I actually yeah. do. Yeah. I, 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 and we were talking. Not I, worse than you agree with something, but you hate the way it's told. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. ham fisted. Yeah. I, and, and like I said, when and at the near the end of the second film, where the cops show up, and you know there's a guy prone on the ground in the open fire which cops which there's thousands of examples that have been given to us over the years of cops being uh, trigger happy yeah. quick to, absolutely but this was just they just all shut up and then got her in the car and then starts saying we're going to plant evidence on you and we're going to you know you're send going you away to for life. send you away for life and stuff like that and it was like I almost expected it at this point yeah. that, that that they were they were going to show up and do that and I, I'm a fucking pretty left leaning fucking guy yeah. but I was just like I, it's the clearest way of yeah. what you say. It's how you say it. Yeah, and I, I, especially if somebody's going to show, especially if somebody's going to show up and have a heavy impact on it. There's one thing, like I mean, cops are always the best, uh, Brom, because there's always like a cop and his job is to lift up the yellow tape when the characters that actually matter are going to yeah. duck in. You know, the detectives and and yeah. the cops are always these kind of background characters. But if you're going to have one show up and have an impact, yeah, flesh them out somehow. Yeah. They didn't at all. Maybe have him come in an earlier scene. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? So you have running through the film. So when he shows up, you kind of think, fuck, she's in trouble now because this guy is a racist piece yeah. of shit. Like, you know? The detective that was, uh, um, like in part one, do you remember the detective that said, we don't need the kid's story, we have you, that guy? Yes. And the way he ran through the story in part one. Yeah. And they fleshed him out. And they, they never did that in part two. They just like, here. I think he was in an earlier scene, if I remember correctly, but they never fleshed oh, the, the same yeah. cop. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, they never fleshed them out. Yeah, I think, like, especially nowadays, in such a divisive time, I think you shouldn't show, like, like when you look at cops, right? I, I know at the moment in America, it's very divisive at the moment. Yeah, and we're no experts. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I'm here 3,000 miles away. Who the fuck am I? Never stepped in America in my life. But I'm looking at it from an outsider in murder, right? And everyone can, it's clear to see. Everyone knows. There's massive racial, racial tension in America. Yeah. And there's massive tension with the black communities and minority communities in America with the police force, especially after the whole George Floyd thing, the Black Lives Matter movement, especially like about, about a year. Ahmed Avery is the like, one I'm following right now. Yeah, the it's like, it's the like, jogger that was awful. You know what I mean? And it's like uh, that the guys in the pickup truck. Yeah, like, yeah, with a confederate. Fucking... Pretty much drove him down and then murdered him. Yes, you know 100%. I mean? And yeah. I don't care what to say. It doesn't matter. Even if he broke into a house, which their story is, you would still murder that guy. Yeah, and he did. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Even if, like, at the end of the day, it's cold-blooded murder. Yeah. But, like, what I'm saying is that this racial tension, and it's clear in America, everyone can see, even though I'm an outsider or whatever. But do you really need to lean on these buttons right now? And that's what this movie did. Yeah. It pressed on all these buttons, hoping to get this reaction. Everything you do you know should I mean? first and foremost be for the, the film. Yeah, it should be the benefit like of the, the story. The film. Yeah. And then if you're like, if you can, uh, if Black Klansman, Spike Lee, it was a fucking excellent film. Yeah, start where it just, everything was interwoven and it was able to tell quite an expansive, dangerous film. John in kind David of, Washington. In, in kind of a, a, almost satirical and very heavy at times, but it was a, it was a well-handled film. Um, I, I thought that if you want to do that, then there's plenty of material 
going back to work with. Yeah, you have um, a whole trilogy that you can Yeah, but I thought there was a lot on this that just wasn't to the benefit of the film. Yeah. And I understand wanting social justice and I understand wanting equality. Um, but I, 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 at the same time, like you said, it's not a civics lesson. Yeah, exactly. it's a horror movie. Yeah, it's a slasher movie. Yeah, it's well. a slasher at that. Yeah, you know? Because the, the slasher subgenre of horror, it has to be quick. The pacing yeah. has to be perfect. It has to be not only action packed. It has to be filled with gore, filled yeah. with kills. Like slashers don't have to be. If it be gore or whatever, John Carpenter says never spill a drop or whatever, and it comes back to the whole suspense. You can tell your story like that, but yeah. this didn't tell story true suspense. Like I can say. All right, cool. If you want to say, I'm going to chill back on the gore and I'm going to lean on suspense. Yeah. Cool. Pick a different fucking franchise. That yeah. doesn't belong in the Candyman franchise. And considering how you know, absolutely amazing. Like, here's the thing. I, I, it's easy for me to sit and criticize a film. Jordan Peele is a really good filmmaker, yeah. as opposed well, to me. Well, no, he, he was one time. Well, he, he made, made a really, a good really film. good film. He made a, there's two completely different things. Well, yeah. Well, us wasn't a bad film. I just thought it was... The it second was, half of the movie's trash. Yeah. Yeah, the twist at the end wasn't great either. Yeah, and we could see it coming like 600 miles away. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that movie, I saw the twist in Oz coming when I saw Get Out. That's actually, I, 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 I saw it in the trailer <laughs> of Get Out, I said what the twist was. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Actually, no, in like, the trailer. Like, um, I, I just, but I still love that movie. It was people say Jordan movie. Peele's a good storyteller. No, he's a, he made a good movie. And at, at that, like, he only co-wrote this movie. Nina Costa wrote, um, directed it. Like, so it's her story. She told it. Well, his message was clear for all to see, and maybe she obviously shares the same sentimentalities. Yeah. But I just think when there's a there's a time when racial tensions are so high, why press on the buttons, and why make a more divisive movie? And again, not wanting to sweep something under the carpet, but of this course, is an under carpet. You can make a unified a unifying movie whilst telling the same. Yeah. Why not have a show white people and black people? Being good, being together, being sharing. Actually, make them whatever you want. Just make the story make sense. Yeah. I, I won't even mind if all of the people of this persuasion or that persuasion, the men or the women, I yeah. wouldn't care where they fall if it just felt like they were just trying to make a film and everything else. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's world. This wasn't world building. I think it tried yeah. to be world building, and it was too heavy handed in its messaging. I, I maybe it will. I mean, it made seventy seven million dollars yeah. off twenty five million dollars, something like in that in a post pandemic era. In a post pandemic so, era, so and you know, congratulations to Nita Costa. Yeah, and, and I'd say if he drops, like, you, you kind of said if he drops. They drop that on HBO or something like that yeah. now. You know, five or five quid a pop, they'll make a few million that way as oh, 100%, well. Oh, 100%. So, yeah, no, it made money. And DVD, Blu-ray sales. DVD, Blu-ray, yeah. I just, you know, like, I mean, without getting into the political messaging, if you, if you took all of that away, this is a weak movie. That, and this original one is a very strong movie. That, that's the thing. Like, you take all the political messaging away in the first one, it's still a top-class slasher yeah. movie. You know, and that's, like, that's exactly when you literally... To trim it down, you take away the messaging. One's a weak ass movie with massive lulls in a 90 minute movie. You're never supposed to have lulls. No. And the other one is you take away the political stuff, the racial tension, all that. It's still a world class slasher movie. Yeah. The gray kills, inventive kills, using a hook in ways that we never knew a hook could be used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, the physics would dictate that it couldn't be used. But... Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like I, I really want to see that Rottweiler kill. Yeah, I want to see the Rottweiler kill. She yeah. just wakes up because I know Candyman's obviously killing the Rottweiler, but I bet you that Rottweiler did not go down without a fight. No, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, I was thinking, like, fucking dude, like, I get it, you're mad, and you have every right to be mad. The dogs, though, what the fuck did the dogs do? Uh, like, people suck, yeah. but dogs, I'm sure the dog tried to attack as soon as she came into the well, that was it. Well, again, like, it's that great thing that you're able to do in horror films that have mythological or, or uh, supernatural is the word I was looking for yeah. bad guys is like 
he did he did he just transport her there, teleport her there? He's How is he? Man. You know, he's Candyman. He's yeah. actual. It's always you're allowed to be so vague with mm. what their power sets are. Like, I think it's a case and, of he possesses them, yeah, or he holds them under some sort of troll. Oh, do you think he did he actually he actually made her do that? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he killed the Rottweiler and she cut the head off. Right. That's maybe what it might be. I think it's a case of like when you see with uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen the second in the in the reboot. Slowly, he's becoming more and more influenced. Yeah, like I think maybe like when we see like when he walks out of the room, Candyman kills. Is 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 it yeah, Candyman? Yeah. And this time you actually see him leave. Like he leaves, leaves. Yeah. He's not in on the premises. You know what I mean? So I think it might be a case of he might hold. Is he's, he's like attached to him, like you say, or is like it might be hold him under a troll. I don't know if he's committing the acts, or if they're committing the acts, or maybe he's just committing the acts and he's just using them as a fall guy. For lack of a better fall person, hmm. you know what I mean. But I just want to kind of well, during the, the 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 art critics kill, they had like it was essentially all glass panel window, mm-hmm. uh, wall, a glass panel wall, and you could just see her getting murdered. Because I don't know, like it gave us this disconnect from him and Candyman, but obviously that line was becoming thinner and thinner. Yeah. Um. And I, like again, when you say something like that, it sounds like it's kind of cool. Because she comes back at the end of part one too, and he says Helen. So yeah, he looks in the mirror and says Helen. Yeah, because he, he's talking about how he's going to take away what you're afraid of. And he's like, you're afraid of death or you're afraid of what comes after or some shit like that. Yeah. And what does he say? The, the, or no, you're afraid of the pain of death or something. And he said the pain is like what? It's like ecstasy or some shit like that. Isn't or some shit. Yeah. Uh, Try to sell her on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but I, I think it might be a case of like, yeah, maybe he lives in some sort of, maybe this like mirror dimension or something. Yeah. And he drags you with him. I want he's attached to you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you've called upon him. And what do you make of like the portrayal of Candyman in this because like we kind of like harped a bit too much on we kind of we fell into that trap I think yeah the first we did bit. no we did we harped, bit, on, we, we harped we on we probably fell much. into the same trap that the story I think, we're, I think anytime you're talking about something along the lines of racism you have to be so careful what you say then you overcorrect and you're trying to step on yourself stepping on yourself yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. you know what I mean like so and, uh, good. And, uh, so let's not do what they did and ignore the story so I want to look at what you make of this new iteration of Candyman not yeah yeah Abdul Mateen but like I'm talking about this new guy um this uh oh shit, what was his character's name? Um, the guy that was supposed to be a killer who's supposed to be putting razor blades and kids uh, candies, and he was like, I think he was supposed to be a guy that might be a bit slightly um uh, mentally disabled or something. Yeah, yeah, and but harmless. Yeah, but harmless, you know. And, yeah. and he was like, he came out of the walls, and the cops like, you know, fucking laid waste to him immediately. Uh, like, oh, he ran down and killed him absolutely. Instantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like which you know happens a lot in this movie. But like, and uh, to share, to go away from that political shit. To go back to the actual killers, like, what did you think of this new portrayal? And what do you think was the idea behind a new Candyman going away from Tony Todd, leaning? I don't mind him leaning so much on the uh, uh, Yaya yeah, Abdul and maybe bringing through a new Candyman for the, the trilogy because of Tony Todd's age. But what do you make of not having Tony Todd in, having a replacement Candyman? And what do you think of Yaya's portrayal as the new Candyman? I thought Yaya actually did a really, really good film. I thought he was wasted resource, like you could put, use your word. Yeah. I thought this film that harms back to a conversation we had earlier. We were looking at a logo for us, for ourselves, and I said to you that I like the logo to be kind of simple. And it's that balance of have it be functional, but yeah. don't have it, don't put all bells and whistles on it for absolutely no reason. Yeah. This film was no just, need for neon signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this film there was so much bells and whistles, like yeah. so much. That you kind of lost it in the, I, I, on I, the I, noise of all the bells and whistles. Yeah, that's much, kind of it. Like, you know, yeah. I really, I really just did. I felt, I felt disconnected from it. Um, 
So I, I, I don't think it was a good enough interview. Now, it could be a case where they kind of say, well, here's what people are saying to us. No, I mean, what do you think of the Candyman? No, I, 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 Tony, Tony Todd, Tony Todd, ride or die. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Todd, ride or die. And what you, what you but mean? I love it. The Todd, like, I mean, you could take it, what happened to him during slave era, yeah. uh, and then you could have what actually was still going on, the heavy-handed racisms of the 80s, of the 90s, yeah. of today. And and you can you can and obviously why not like Candyman is this concept yeah and I get that but and and that would have worked but again it was everything was so ham fisted that I didn't I didn't enjoy him yeah I didn't get to enjoy him because you didn't get to see him you didn't get to have a presence it was just lost under what was the idea do you think of the the new Candyman though I just wanted to say like I, I think it's 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 uh saying that well all of this horrible shit like we said oh back then they were able to like you know lynch you and torture you to death. Um, but like that's not to say that horrible shit didn't happen in more recent times. Yeah. And obviously they just took the Candyman into a time where somebody who's alive now would remember as a child. And yeah. I, I think it was the late seventy. When 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 was it? It was. Um. So who was the who was the kid at the start? It was, it was the Cole, guy who owns the laundrette, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Coleman was, Domingo. Yeah. So I assume he's playing somewhere maybe in his forties, so thirty years ago. So yeah, what, 70s, yeah. I think 80s. it was the 70s or something. Yeah, late seventies. So it just showed that yeah, but like a horrible. That this was horrible and this was a particularly terrible period by any kind of metric. Of course, but that's not to say horrible shit didn't happen more recently. And again, that would if you if it's a world where the hatred and vengeance and horror that you can be experienced can be turned into something like eternal or something primordial, yeah. Um, then why not more recent? Yeah. And that actually makes sense to me. I understand there's many Candyman through yeah through history, and he was just the first one. Daniel Robitel, Robitel, I think is his name. Yeah, um, I did. I did like in the the new one where they told some of the story narratives with these kind of cut, paper cutouts. Bastards in the TC just says, "Ask the Candyman." <laughs> <laughs> you bastards! <laughs> um, and he was actually just a man who was giving out candy. Yeah, like it's still a creepy ass thing to do, though. Be a man giving out kids candy. But that's it. If he was intellectually disabled, and he was, you know that. He probably just had the maturity uh, yeah. of, of somebody younger than, than he's... Than he just didn't years. understand what he was doing. Yeah, he didn't Especially understand. Especially in an era where people were fucked up and putting razor blades in candy. Yes, exactly. Like, the fuck and they wanted people? somebody to blame. And it is such. It is always such a thing. It's that that blame the strange kid. Yeah. And it's kind blame of like, the odd guy. Wasn't it like in Killer Mockingbird? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like straight away, they, they turn around and they turned on black guy. It's now kind of what yeah. it is. And to be honest with you... I have literally no problem with that style of storytelling because that's accurate and it makes sense. And it's not too heavy-handed because that stuff happens. Yeah. But the heavy-handedness that went along in the other story... The intentionally heavy-handedness. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. distracted me from... Yeah. I, if you want to give me you want to give me a new Candyman that's not Tony Todd, you better dedicate a lot of that fucking movie to telling me who this fucking Candyman is. Yes. And be really clear and build up that story in the same way that they did in the original Candyman. Because the entirety of the Candyman, the first one... Was her literally chasing the mythos. Exactly. For, for a thesis. And yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? And slowly but surely, she un she uh, peeled back a layer, peeled back a layer, like Shrek and his mm. onions. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Keep, um, keep peeling back them fucking layers. And then all of a sudden, by the time you peel back the wrong layer... Here's Candyman. Here's Candyman, yeah. And the wrong layer was you stopped believing in him. 
Yeah. And as soon as you stop believing in someone that lives on fear, they're going to make you fucking fear. It's yeah. like in Freddy versus Jason. And Freddy's like, they don't believe in us anymore. The kids, they don't scare. You know what I mean? So I'm going to make them afraid. Yeah. And then he brings back Jason Voorhees because the way he feeds on fear, I need to, if I need something in the real world, give them the fear, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. It's sustenance, literal sustenance. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, that's what I but Dre, I don't really know what the new Candyman was really about that's what I'm saying you know what I mean what, I, I actually like don't if you're going to replace someone that's iconic like I'll put Candyman yeah, up Tony Todd had a presence yeah you know he, had I mean? a he, he had a he had a he had a gravitas and a weight mm, about money yeah, when he, he showed up he never had to raise his voice he only no. every scene like you know what I mean no like, and he, oh god that's he, what I'm saying, you know like, like just slowly revealing the hook he just had yeah. oh it was lovely and like a pinhead a pinhead I'm like he's like never spoke loudly as soon as he's there you're shit covered because yeah. you're just terrified of him. Yeah, because his you know whole mean? thing like, is not that he knows Krav Maga yeah. or, or, or that, you know, he, he's an MMA fighter. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Bitch, none of that co even comes into it. Yeah, exactly. You can't comprehend what yeah. he is. Like He you know? would just bring you pain and just torment bring, yeah. and in a way that you don't even understand it can be brought to you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to break you mentally yeah. and destroy you physically simultaneously. Yeah. And that's what a Freddy Krueger does. That's what a pinhead does. Maybe less so Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers. Well, they're all yeah, yeah. they're more hunter killers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Less but they're like 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 a out of control eighteen yeah. wheel truck. But yeah. you know what I mean. Like it is just destruction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a tornado. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean. Whereas this is kind of like a slow building hurricane. Yes. You know what I mean. Whereas like you're on the edge of it. It's category four, category four, yeah. category four, and you're terrified. You're terrified. You're terrified. And it's broken you mentally before it ever makes landfall. Oh, absolutely. And it crushes yeah. you fucking physically. And Tony Todd is what. You know creature of hate yeah and i loved that i loved just the like kruger it was um just maniacal fun yeah like this is this is how and he got his job revenge over him oh yeah yeah on you know the parents I mean? and stuff yeah. as well but essentially he was still just doing what he did mm. in life anyway you know yeah. this was because he was a fucking yeah. animal pedorast. michael myers and jason are kind of indifferent they just would rather you He's dead a fucking, so. pederast. <laughs> <laughs> fucking pederast <laughs> and uh but this but like T tony todd was a creature of just Un unabashed hate and I just love that that's what I'm saying because that's, like, that's a horror and it makes sense to you yeah I can understand the hate that he would have like if I had that so well. upon me like if I was uh, my father who was uh, I've been the son of a slave my father I was able to raise up through against all the odds and become a man of wealth a man of means and send me to a proper education where I can live in a world that he could never even fucking imagine yeah and all of a sudden my one crime in life right is not to have a talent because my talent puts me in circles that makes people uneasy. It's kind of like what they say in the reboot, which I really liked. I think it was Coleman Domingo said it. They, they love what we make, but not us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I thought was a beautiful line. That's yeah. clever storytelling. That's yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful writing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I heard some dickheads say that, you know uh, what that, I mean? that like, um, rock and roll is about teenage angst, white teenage angst, and then Barack Obama came along and it was like, bitch, what? Yeah. Who who the fuck do you think started rock and roll? Yeah, exactly. The fuck. You know what I you mean? think always Blackwell and Chuck Berry were yeah. sitting around going, White teenage angst. That's that's yeah, that's yeah. what we got. That's what we're exactly fucking. Exactly though, you know what I mean? So I just think that's beautiful cheap. storytelling. Like yeah. that tells a message without hammer necking it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't fucking shove it down my throat. That no. is a beautiful spoon fed. Like they love they could they love what we make, but they can't love us. Yeah. That's beautiful. And it harkens back to Candyman, Daniel Robotel's story that um pretty much he pretty much they loved what he made because he was a beautiful uh, portrait painter yes and but they could never love him they could never see him as an equal so when he fell in love with a woman of means a white woman of means her father found out i think she became pregnant i think they mentioned father finds out he exacts a horrible revenge 
pays mercenaries to go out to mur uh, murder and um, be creative, I think Coleman Domingo says. I'm not sure if that's in the original, um, but like I've seen that more recently, so it pops in my head. But like, I just think that you could tell that story and I can understand it. And I don't need to be a black person. I don't need to be a person from uh, slave ancestry, yeah. even though many Irish people are like yeah. from slave ancestry. But I can understand the rage that that can be held into a person throughout eternity. Like the yeah. crow, like the Brandon Lee. Yeah. I can understand a rage so great that will hold on to for eternity and then I'll rise you from the dead yeah, yeah. to enact your revenge. Like in the crow, because if someone does that, I can understand that with Candyman. I don't have to be what he is to resonate with his story, for his story to resonate with me, yeah, if you understand it. And you don't need it's to... It's a story of injustice. Exactly, it's a story on a human, it. le yeah. on a human level. And it doesn't matter like... who he is, I, the injustice, yeah. that resonates with me, and the level of hate you would feel of that level of injustice... You would get. That I understand completely. Yeah, and, and that's one thing I loved about the kind of man. You said he's just a character full of hate and rage yeah. that I can understand. Unapologetically so. Whereas Freddy Krueger, you're like, dude, you're getting revenge because they killed you for raping their children? Yeah. I think you should leave that one alone. Yeah, exactly. Like a draw and move on. You know what I mean? He was the only one that actually had not not that you could understand that he was killing people indiscriminately, like like stupid kids that were just doing it as a dare and stuff. But you like could understand that. the rage he holds on. But, but the rage he holds on to, the, the, how how it could actually twist your mind. It's how blind. the last thing you rage could, is blind. But imagine like that the last second you're alive on this earth. Imagine that not being your last second. Imagine just being able to take that and keep it. Yeah. That you before you die, your mind would become so twisted. Yeah. So that's what was so cool about Candyman, and it was and it made sense, and it and it could have been carried forward. And honestly, if you, when you when you storyboard it, what about this? You kind of going, yeah, that's cool, yeah. but it's not as cool as this. Yeah, exactly. This is fucking excellent. Yeah. And it's understandable on such a human level. Like. Yeah, and it's just that's to say exactly, it's understandable on a human level. Like where this other guy. His story doesn't resonate as much with me, this new Candyman, because no. the other one, not only did it resonate with me when I heard it the first time, but that mythos has sat there for 20 odd years. Yeah. And Tony Todd's still fucking alive. Yep. And he's still in good health. He's still he's still lean. He could still do a movie. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? So why do we need to introduce this new kind of like if I'm doing a reboot? Is the whole point of the reboot something like I mentioned in the first half is to introduce new audience to the original mythos in yeah. a new way. Why do I need a new character? Yeah, if, if you're Yaya... good enough, if it's good enough to have Tony, <laughs> if Tony Todd isn't good enough, have yeah. it, then there's no reason he should not be in it. Like if Yaya Abdul Mateen is going to be the new Candyman henceforth, going into the next one, right? Why distract me with a, a, a secondary Candyman or no, a tertiary Candyman? Tertiary Candyman. Because Yaya becomes the secondary one if he's yeah. going to be the one that carries the franchise forward from Tony Todd, who, Maybe. in my opinion, everyone's opinion, is the primary Candyman. Yeah. So if you're going to, and replace... Anthony's story doesn't. Why doesn't do I need hold a candle? One? Yeah. So to, to the tragedy, like it was, uh, as his life was unfolding, it was it was terrible, but it was it didn't have the gravitas. Yeah, because he's where's his injustice? Where's his injustice compared? Yeah, compared to fucking because he got killed at the end. He got killed. Yeah, the fact that he was prone that's unjustified. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Remember, somebody did ring in, which was Coleman Domingo, pretended to be a historical person, said there was a person with a hook, also well-publicized murder spree going on yes. in the build-up to this yeah. all around his works of art. So everyone's kind of half looking at um, Anthony McCoy and see what's going on here. Yeah. The message, say my name, is the name that's the same title of his painting. So when the police come in, they're investigating a murder. Obviously what they do when shooting him when he's prone on the ground is rid ridiculous. But they're obviously and heightened it. because of the circumstances I just mentioned. Yeah. 
Oh, it's not. It's not just. It's not justified, and I get. Oh, hundred percent not justified. Yeah, and of course, like, and that gave him. But it's it just. I don't know if. And what if, happens afterwards is abhorrent. If you're trying to build on something, you know, like if you're trying to world build, I always said, and not necessarily bigger is better, but I, but better is always better. Yeah. Better yeah. is always better than worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you tell, here's our story. Well, here's our new one. It goes no. This yeah. this this yeah. is better. I just think if you're trying to introduce me to a brand new candy man, don't distract me with a middle ground candy man. No. Why? Because uh, like the whole way through the movie, and this is the second time I've seen it because we've seen it in the cinemas together, like you said earlier. Um, all I kept saying was, "Why am I seeing this dude?" That's all I kept thinking in my head. It's like I understand, yeah, yeah, doing Mateen's character. I understand his his journey. I understand what we're what we're doing, the positioning of him, his story's progress, the evolution of his narrative. I totally understand that, and I understand Candyman because of part one and the way it told its story. Who the fuck's this middle dude? Yeah. Why is it six of I mentioned one of the other ones? I want to see these Nexus events. I don't want to see the middle ground. I don't like to see I want to see a Steve Rogers and I want to see um a Sam Wilson. I don't need to see an Isaiah Bradley and an Alexi. I don't need to see all these tertiary and secondary yeah. characters. Show me the main guys. Tell me yeah. the real stories. Because all of this does is distract away from the specialness of the stories that yeah. I really want to concentrate on. And so if there's several different candy men, so special about the, the strife of Daniel Robotel. You, you just stop distracting away from... It's a good point. You know what I if, mean? Like, if you said this had, like, uh, the Spider-Man 3 kind of vibes where if you wanted to talk about uh, police brutality, racial injustice, um, what do you call it, where people move in, gentrification, gentrification yeah. um, classism, yeah, exactly. racism. Yeah. If you want to do that, do that. But re- re- realise that a film is 90 minutes long. Yeah, exactly. And it's a slasher. And it's a slasher. High pace subject. That's it. That's all. That that, yeah. that would be my. Just realize this night. I mean, it's on. If you want to talk about priest brutality? Talk about it. Make and if you want, if you want to, make, to talk about priest brutality, make a film about it. Yeah. And that can be all about it. You have ninety minutes. Yeah. Make a film. Yeah. And 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 I don't know. I, it was it was definitely too many too many chefs in the kitchen. Way yeah. too many chefs. Three in writers kitchen. in a ninety minute movie is never a good sign. No. And no. Especially one of them's Jordan Peele, and that's something I mean in Jordan Peele's because his star power. Yeah. I bet you his voice carried a lot more weight in those writing sessions. Possibly, yeah. Than Nia Costa and sorry, I keep forgetting the third writer's name. Um, Win Rosenfield. So like, you, know, <laughs> you, you don't even get a mention. You're the third writer. Yeah, probably wrote most of it. Yeah, exactly. They were probably firing ideas. And yeah, the typist like or Win. I don't know if it's a, bi- a man or woman. Win is a weird. What's Winifred? Maybe. I think a woman. Yeah, Winifred. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's a Winston woman, though for dude. Yeah, maybe. Uh, dude, just use your full name. Stop confusing people. Or woman, stop confusing people by not using your full name. Madam. I got like a little midgy flying up my head. <laughs> it was like fucking dodging them. Ball, I, I, I do. I, I thought it was just like, you know, I think it turns out that you end up telling five stories badly. Yeah. Instead of telling one story well. Yeah, or just two stories. Because all you need to do is tell me the stories. Like I said earlier, introduce me to the new Candyman, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, and reestablish my central antagonist. Tony Todd, Daniel Robotel. Yeah. That's all you need to do. If someone goes to me, you got 90 minutes. I'm like, all right, I've got 90 minutes. You want me to do two stories? Okay, I've got this. Yeah. I don't need to tell you. I can I can encapsulate the, the personal side. The pl- Interweaving. Yeah, yeah, I can interweave. Exactly. That's what you do, slowly but surely. But I, I think when you have all this backstory, you have his girlfriend's backstory, you have his backstory, and you have this backstory, and you have this backstory, and this backstory. 90 minutes goes by, like... 
it should go by like this. And they're like, oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah. And I, I, I got four backstories and I got three candy men. That was incredible. I was like, yeah, yeah. Got, oh, my, oh my God, my tooth is aching. I've eaten so many candy men right yeah, now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And you're like, that was amazing. But I just mentioned four or five backstories and three candy men. And yet there were still three or four different periods of lulls in the storyline yeah. where it just slowed down to a snail's pace. And I was just like, what the fuck? Who's this dude? Why do I need a new Candyman? Yeah. Why then at the end, Tony Todd is back as Candyman. You're like, is he? What? Yeah. Like, <laughs> or like, I suppose or every, the every generation, they're all a part of Candyman. Yeah, he's the uh, embodiment. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it can take on another face. I just, but, that just annoys me. Just reestablish Tony uh, Todd as your central antagonist. We understand he's aging out of role because time waits for no man, all this jazz, right? And I don't want to see a de-aged Tony Todd in the future with someone else is actually the body. So all you do is bring Tony Todd in throughout this movie. The fucking dude that played the middle ca- candy man must be now 60 anyway. You know yeah, I mean? Not true. Like he was like a young buckaroo that was... No, no, he there. wasn't a spring chicken you or anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and like, uh, I just think, yeah, concentrate your story on reestablishing the mythos of Tony Todd because it's supposed to be the way for a new generation. We don't need a new candy man. We already got one, right? So if we're going to have a new candy man, we don't need a middle one. So like, you reestablish Tony Todd, you scare the fuck out of us the whole way through the movie. Then... In the final sequence, you can have Come Domingo's descent into madness, his like belief in the the ton, uh, the Candyman fucking mythology, and then you can have it slowly be Abdul, uh, um, yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen slowly replaces Tony Todd. Final sequence should have been the reverse, should have been Tony Todd's face disappearing and his face remaining, yeah, because he's now t- Candyman, and that's your goodbye. This must have been like, oh, we need to get Tony Todd in here somewhere. I'm taking last shot of him. Yeah, shitty fan service. Yeah, shitty Give me fan good service. fan service. Yeah, yeah. Because Tony Todd is the film. Yeah. Because he's fucking candy man. Too many chefs, man. Too you many chefs. You know what I mean, like, Too many chefs and too much of the political. Like, I mean, there is It's like Spider-Man for... 3, kind of like, you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, it's Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3. That's exactly what I want to. better fucking stories. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... I want to see the Candyman story and I want to see the main, the central antagonist, central protagonist yeah. and the, the characters that kind of vine out from them. You put three bad guys in the film in Spider-Man 3 so you told three stories badly. Yeah, instead of telling one story coherently. Yeah. And that's uh, what this film That's was. what this film did. Yeah, it told too many too many stories um, and gave not enough of them, uh, uh, gave none of them enough screen time. Yeah. And because of that, you had these lulls or 15 minute story that was never really touched upon later on in the films felt like instead of character development it felt like time wasted yes because there was no further development in that time that was spent you know what i mean <clears throat> but um so noel what do you think when you weigh up the two of them because we kind of focused heavily on the reboot we did yeah because recency bias i know and it's in the consciousness and a lot of people have been talking about it. it's a very divisive movie for yeah. all the reasons we mentioned because of what we do, we went back and watched the first one. Yeah, yeah, and so like it's not, it's not exactly like it's in the public consciousness. Yeah, but I thought I suppose I suppose to, I forgot there was even ones in the middle. But the polarity. Yeah, one was a film that that spoke on things like racial injustice in a way that that was thought provoking and in a way that made it in a way that didn't take away from the story. In fact, it just bled and it was sewn into it. And it had really good kills, really, really drawn me in. The 19 minutes, I, I, well, I couldn't believe that film was over when it was over. Yeah. Because I, I was just sitting like in my bedroom alone. Yeah, I, I, I just went uh, upstairs and I said, you know, I'll just watch this on my laptop and chill out up here. For, and next thing you know, I thought it was like 30, 40 minutes later and I was at the end of a film. Yeah. And the other one I thought, again, That's I thought the polarity is the slog. Yeah. The slog in a second. We're taking yeah. out, like, and it's 20 minutes I'd lean too heavily on political <laughs> messages. And that, but it, it was just, yeah, too 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 much, 
Too much resulting in too little. Yeah, I think it's a case of if you have to understand, right? This is what I always say about reboots, why I fight, fight, feel it's so lazy. There's a very easy way. If you give me a year, and I'll promise you, this is a word, right? This, I'm going to put this out into the world. If you give me a year with any co pre-existing franchise in its current state, I would be able to incorporate every single movie into one continuity in one year, no matter the franchise, without having to remake, reboot, retake, whatever to read, whatever you want to stick in front of any franchise in the world, especially Halloween. We're going to talk about that because that's some of the laziest ass story. I can incorporate all those kids in two sentences, two fucking sentences. I can have her with three children and I don't have to reboot universe. Yeah. I can make him her sister, new Wallace. I can I tell you something. I hate when people reboot, right? Because you already have something that's established in Candyman 1. There's no need to reboot, no need to introduce characters that are unnecessary. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just distracts away. And I think that's this is what the problem with this film is that it just it forgets that complicates without explaining. It's that it's yeah, it's that and it forgets the franchise that's operating within. Because yeah. I I kind of got lost on my own point, but like the when you're operating in a certain franchise, you have to withhold the style that's already in that franchise. Yeah. So if you're in Halloween... Because there is a template. Yeah, This exactly. isn't a first, this is a reboot. There is yeah, a template. Exactly. So when you're Rob Zombie and you make a gore-filled Halloween, you're missing the point. Because Halloween is a suspense franchise. You're absolutely right about when that. When you go into a Hellraiser, if you want to have suspense, yeah, but you have to have a shitload of torture and gore. Yeah. Because it's a suspense, but with torture and gore franchise. Yeah. You go into a Saw... What do you need? You need a lot of torture devices and gore. Because yeah. that's the franchise. Trapped. And set pieces. Yeah, exactly. It's based on set pieces. And it has to be intricate. Like a Final yeah. Destination. Dead scenes intricate. That's that franchise. Yeah. You go into a Candyman franchise, you have to look at the rules set out by the first three movies. And you have to look at the franchise you're operating The indomitable in. rules. Yeah. Like, you know, five times looking in your own reflection. Exactly. An indomitable rule. Yeah. And the gore, the kills, have to be very bloody and they have to happen off screen but when we when we see the effects, it has to be right in your face. Yes. Whereas in this, it was it happened off screen, and then we didn't see anything. Yeah. And once again, it forgot in Candyman One the things you touched on earlier is all of those things were incorporated into the story, but the, never distracted away from the story. Yeah. And that's how it told the story throughout the franchise. And I'm saying that loosely because I can't really remember part two and three. Yeah, no, but I forgot they existed, I can, so I can't comment. So when I compare part one and part uh, and the reboot in isolation, you look at the franchise you're operating within. If part two and three don't exist because you're rebooting it, so you can only take the rules from the first one, you have to maintain the same theme. You have to maintain the same style. Yeah. And the same way it, 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 um, it uses its kills, it implements its scares. And you have to keep to the rule of the mythology. Yeah. And I think it just ignored too much of what part one is. Yeah. And you can't say I'm progressing the story while it's also rebooting it and ignoring so much of the story while you're also like saying yeah. that, like, oh, I'm continuing, I'm paying homage, I'm doing this. I don't even know that. what the next Candyman would look like. It was so kind of conflated for me and yeah. complicated. And... Well, I, I can imagine the next one's going to be like the girlfriend goes back. Yeah. Or just going to be oh, a be nine candy men or something. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. I that's, know. Like that's the problem. Like it, yeah. if you keep distracting away from the special, what makes these characters special? They're not going to be special anymore. You you keep giving me 15, 20 super soldiers. You keep giving me forty black widows. You're, you're distracting away from your Natasha Romanoffs, your Steve Rogers, your Sam Wilsons, your Yvanas. Uh, uh, what's her sister's name? But uh, Florence Pugh's character. Yeah. But you're distracting away from the main characters that I really want to concentrate on. 
Candyman is the fucking title of the movie. Who's Candyman? Danny Robitel. Who's Danny Robitel? Tony Todd. That's who should be in the movie. Yeah. That's who should be the focus. That should be your central antagonist. And you want to continue with Yaya Abdul-Mateen, that's totally cool. But for the reboot, the entirety of the movie should be centered on replacing Tony Todd with him and stop fucking distracting me with this middle ground, this political nonsense that doesn't need to be... No, it can be in the movie. It's not that it doesn't need to be in the movie. Of course, it can be in the movie. Of course, you can tell political stories to any forum. But it shouldn't be what the movie's about. No. It should be a part of the story. Make a documentary. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you could talk about absolutely anything. And I'm sure Jordan Peele will make a great documentary. Nia Costa will make a fantastic documentary. But you're operating within the Candyman universe. Yeah. Candyman franchise. You've got to stick to the rules. You've got to stick to the style of to- yeah. storytelling. And you got to understand that this has an already ingratiated fan base that exists long before you do as a storyteller in this universe. And you got to give them what they expect. And what do they expect? Yeah. Tony fucking Todd. Yeah. All right. It's like having a Texas Chainsaw Massacre without Leatherface. Like God, shudder. You know literally I mean? like, shudder at the top. It's like it's, it's like having a Halloween without Michael Myers. Which they did. Exactly. The fan it was shit. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like it's not even that it's shit. We just we hate it so much because there's no Michael Myers and yeah. you had Halloween written across the top of your, your title. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this way you have Candyman. You didn't give us Candyman. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like you can say what you want about the political um, overtures in this movie or the ham fisting the heavy handedness of Jordan Peele and Nita Costa and Will Rosenfield's storytelling style but at the end of the day it just didn't live up to the bill of giving us what we wanted and that's fucking Candyman yeah and well that's, that's the it biggest yeah, no, that's it you know what I mean like I think so, you've wrapped it but I think, man I think you really have yeah so we get the fuck out here yeah let's get the fuck out here yeah and um, before we get the fuck out here we'll be we'll, I've got do, mirror do you want to do it 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 you go first uh, okay Candyman Candyman <sighs> Candyman I don't know dude I don't know I don't know man I don't know now that I'm doing it I, I feel, feel like I'm doing it I feel like I'm tempted to pay <laughs> Candyman and um, should we just leave it there I just think Candyman see I told you not it would happen <laughs>